When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to another edition of Battle Red Radio. I am your host, Colton Molesky, and as I am every Friday edition for the show, I'm joined by Corey and Nico DLG. Corey, Nico, we have football back. Football is back. The regular season is underway. Thursday night's clash between the reigning champions, the Los Angeles Rams, and the Buffalo Bills. You know what? It led me to one conclusion. We can wrap up the season. We don't have to play any more games. The Buffalo Bills are the best team in football. We're done. We're done with the season already. It's good. We're, we don't need to do any more. All right, let's call it. Uh, it's over. They're definitely in the lead, you know, so a life of chances. <laughs> I don't even know why we play the rest of the games at this yeah, point. Yeah, week one's over. We're done. Um, I do think there's one thing we can safely say about this season, though, just from this one game. I don't like the Rams' chances to repeat. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I start the game started out with a lot of turnovers in the first half. You had a fumble, a couple picks going both ways. It just looked pretty sloppy, and it seemed like we were gonna get. You know how it seems like everybody is kind of assigned to September being sloppy for these teams as we shorten practices, shorten the preseason that it's just going to be always sloppy football, kind of messy as teams get into a rhythm in September. So it kind of felt like we were off to that start again. And then the Bills just tightened the everything. They tightened everything right up in the second half, and they were running a tight ship. They were a well-oiled machine in that second half and looked really good and really gave, I think, us a flash of what – you're going to see most of the season. I mean, they were tearing it up all over the place. Josh Allen looked awesome. I guess if you're going to have one detractor, it's that outside of Josh Allen, they really didn't run the ball all that much or all that well. They really needed him to still power that running game. Outside of that, they st- they look like maybe the best. I would probably take the Chiefs first, but maybe the second-best team in, in football. As far as the Rams, I feel like an older team, they probably will need all of September to – to lock into form but you saw some flashes of it there it was just sloppy play but I think that's just September and I think the really really good teams like the Bills maybe don't need as much time I don't know I don't want to overreact to one game but they did look crisp um I think part of that but like I was really enjoying watching the game listening to Mike Tirico and Chris Collinsworth and they both were kind of pointing out that there's a lot of stuff missing from this Rams team this year um and you also have to remember you're going to – I mean, if the other guys, if the other receiving uh, – if the other members of the receiving corps aren't going to get open, you know, they, they can't only throw to Cooper Cup all year. Um, now, they did have – the Rams did have a little bit of a running game. Uh, and you're right, the Bills – I think the Bills will throw to get the run open. Um, 
I think they're kind of the opposite of what tradi- traditional NFL says, which is run, 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 get get the defense close, then throw over the top. I think the Bills are more we're gonna we're gonna pass, pass, pass. The more you try to cover everybody and get out of the box, then we're gonna start doing our tosses and our 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 outside runs and stuff like that. Um, Josh Allen, I. I think that I think I think where that gets problematic though for the Bills is that Josh Allen led the team with ten carries. I, I don't know if you want if that's your your franchise quarterback. I don't know if you want hit, like so. It, they're just especially in that second half. They had a lot of stuff that really was drawn up to be a Josh. Well, Allen. yeah, but that was because and I don't know that was you, because that first half was so bad. But I think that over the season, as more and more people are like, well, I guess we really got to cover Diggs and Davis. We really got to stay back and not let those guys beat us deep. Because there was like three big plays from the Bills that is what iced uh, the Rams' day. You know, it was middle third, and they're only down two score, and then all of a sudden there's a, the big play to Davis. And you're like, oh, okay, well, well that, that, makes us, that, that makes it a bit of a problem. And it just got worse and worse and worse. Um, so I think as more and more defenses come in, with the back end, the secondary of the defense is stacked and try and cover those guys deep and, and, and spread their defenses out, you're going to have a lot more room. I mean, the Rams, the one thing they don't want you to do is run because that's where they've invested all their money is their defensive linemen. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, you, you don't like the idea that Josh Allen's your leading rush attempt guy. Uh, but again, the first half was so bad for the two Bills, uh, two Bills rushers that there was no one else. You weren't going to hand it 10 more times to each of them because neither one of them had really established any kind of rhythm. I think for the Rams side of things too, you really need Allen Robinson to turn into that Robert Woods guy. Cause Robert Woods was such a big piece on third down, especially. And if you're going to have all sorts of different kinds of rolling coverage, bracket coverage over cup like that. I think that's the guy that needs to be different. That, that running game was kind of weird. Yeah. That was for them. That was the thing is the it was Bill's front is, is really solid. And, it, and, and you could see that they really were trying to get other people involved in the third and fourth quarter. They were doing a lot of uh, side screens, bubble screens. Uh, they even threw a backwards pass at one point, which you don't typically see in the NFL. Um, so I, I mean, they were trying to get other people involved. It just was irrelevant. There weren't people who were beating their one-on-ones. You know what I mean? Like, in the NFL, you have to be able to beat your one-on-one to be special. And it seems like only Cooper Cup, out of their receiving running back core, is ready to do that right now. And if that's the case, listen, most teams, when they win the Super Bowl, they tend to have a pretty rough next year. Um, And I know that the Rams are essentially, like, permanently in all-in mode. I mean, that's the way they're built. They don't have a first-round pick for, like, the next four or five years. I get it. But this is going to – I think this is going to be a hard season for them. Well, and if you're an older team, too, like, I mean, all through camp and the preseason, Stafford had stuff with his yeah. shoulder and his You don't want to come into the season uh, with, your, with your quarterback uh, complaining of a baseball-type injury in his elbow. Yeah, it's just it's gonna take a little. It, it, I think it'll take a little bit for them to to kick into gear, but they're they're still gonna be good. I don't know if this is a, a true. And again, I'm talking a little bit out of my bo- both sides of my mouth by being impressed with the Bills and not wanting to take too much away from this game. But I, I think we're just gonna see a lot of sloppy football 
like we did the last couple of no, years in the next I think few that's weeks. fair. I think the first two and weeks so are going to be – I don't want to read yeah. too much into one team being sloppy just because another team looks crisp. I do think the first two weeks are going to be pretty pretty rough for, for a lot of teams. But, I mean, you could see that the players were exhausted on the field in the middle of the first quarter. That was kind of weird. I don't – you don't normally see guys like literally hands on hips, chin straps in the air, gasping for breath first quarter on like drive number two. It was – that was kind of surprising. Um but I, one thing that I also thought of too is the Bills defense looked really good and Tredavious White is going to come back in like 4 weeks. Yeah, think about this. Like who is one of the one of the better corners in the NFL. That's pretty impressive it, that they were able to not let the cup stuff bother their secondary so much that they overcompensated. And they were playing two rookies that they were swapping in and out. Their first and their sixth round pick uh, we're, are basically playing the same spot. They're both corners, and they're basically just taking turns. Uh, and, and that didn't bite them at all. So I don't, like, I, the Bills, I think, are, well, first of all, they've had a good defense for several years now. So it's not a big surprise now to be like, the Bills have a great defense. Um, but I do think uh, getting digs in was, was a big help. But also, I, I just think just in general, you know, Josh Allen – is a is a great is a good to great quarterback. He has now got to be in that top ten, top five discussion this season. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. And if they don't, the one again, the one knock is probably if you can't find a running game outside of him, you're really putting him out there a lot. But other than that, they look very crisp. They looked really good, and. I think it's going to be absolutely awesome to watch this this absolute clash of teams in the AFC as they're going through the season. I mean, that that conference is stacked, and there's a couple of really stacked divisions in the AFC. So it's going to be fun watching these teams duke it out for positioning throughout the season. Yeah, and I definitely uh, I'm curious to see in particular Buffalo's division how it plays out. Because either Miami is good or awful, and either the Patriots are going to be good or awful, you know. Um, the Jets, I mean, I think we, we don't have to say anything about that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, the Patriots had won this division, I mean, what, 12 years straight, except for the Tom Brady knee injury year uh, before last year? No, they they still won it that year, I believe, because Castle no, no, led them to, like, no, 11 yeah. wins, 12 wins. And they were the wild card, I think, because of Miami, if I remember right. Miami won a... I believe of the I believe of the 20 years that Bray was there, they won it like 18 Yeah, games. I think Miami won, like, for whatever reason, 12 or 13 games and then lost in the first round. Um... And it was like everyone. Either way, either way, it, it was it was a division that was on lock for a long, long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, no, Matt. Now the now it looks like it's probably going to be Buffalo's for the next ten years. Nothing hurts more than watching Tom Brady leave and then seeing a great young quarterback at another team. Like if you're new, if you're a New England fan, you when Tom Brady leaves and Josh Allen sort of like rises the exact same time. Yeah, like you're you could see it happening in real time, and you're like, oh, well, they're just gonna beat us for the next seven or eight years. Yeah, um, 
this year is really going to make or break my Tua stock. I'll tell you that right now. Oh, it should. It should. Uh, I think it's interesting. To, listen, it, Kyler Murray and Tua, uh, and there was one other one. We're all off season. They were talking about like, well, if they bring Deshaun Watson here, he's pretty much just SOL. Like those guys should be genuinely concerned about how they perform this season. Now I know Kyler Murray got the big contract, but I'm willing to bet it's got like a. Like, because it's an extension and he's got two years left on his old deal. I bet if they cut him before they hit it, like, they don't even owe him. Um, it's I'm sure it's got one of those NFL-type build-ins to it. Like, all both of those guys should be concerned. I think Baker Mayfield was the third I was thinking of where they were like, if, if Deshaun Watson goes to this team, those starters are all in trouble. So, like, yeah, I think Tua, Kyler Murray, and then obviously Baker lost his job. Uh, but yeah, when the Deshaun sweepstakes was happening, I mean, yeah. Can you imagine having to go to work every day, like, and all you're hearing on the radio is like, I hope we put together a large enough trade package to bring him in. That would be the weirdest part about being in sports is having guys going to, I mean, people are gunning for your job pretty much in every industry. In some, it's more obvious. Yeah, it's never, it's never so public. The sports world is where the sports world is where everyone else is talking about them getting for your job, and everyone else is suggesting you lose your job every day. Like at work, there's probably guys in the office who are like, "Listen, when are we firing Todd? Like, is that anytime soon?" (laughs) But in the sports world, there's a guy on the radio who's like, "Listen, if Todd in accounting isn't gone by the end of the week, this whole organization needs to ask themselves what they're even doing." And you're like, whoa, like, it's aggressive. Well, that's a, that's a great way to start on Monday. I'd say that right now. <laughs> that's a rough week, right? Like when you come into the office after one bad week and they're just like, man, one more week like that, we're going to have to let him go. Yeah, that would be extremely, that'd be tough, but. Or you could just be like, uh, you could just be like, it goes both ways. It goes both ways. Or you could just be like Josh Rosen and never have a bad, like the poor guy wasn't awful in Arizona and they were still like, we got a new coach and he wants a new quarterback. So you're out. That was, oh my gosh. One time we might have to do a show just diving into the Josh Rosen wormhole because that was another guy that I really loved coming out of college. You look at those UCLA teams the garbage that he was playing with and getting wins with it was yeah he he was absolutely had a rope in college and something happened <laughs> something happened early on in his NFL career to him and then he never got a shot afterwards but ah, i'm probably just wrong on him but that was one of the guys i thought was going to be good coming out of college well it, it it is what happens in the NFL like if you don't put something special on tape in that first year. Most other teams are done with you anyway. They're on to the next guy anyway. So then when your team quits on you, unless you've got like four or five years under your belt and you've built relationships with coaches that are now in other places, it's kind of over for you. So when Josh Rosen just has the one year in Arizona and it's, and it's a mediocre year, I don't even remember five wins, six wins, something like that. It wasn't, it wasn't bad. It wasn't great. It was a rookie year with a rookie coach. It is what it is. Um, but then, like, he didn't have time to, you know, build relationships with quarterback, with backup quarterbacks who go to be quarterback coaches in other places and can bring him on in year five or year six. I mean, at this point, I believe he didn't even make the final 53 in Cleveland. 
So, like, what, four teams in four yeah. years, and then that's it? It's tough. It's a, it's a dog-eat-dog world in the NFL. But you know what? We got to wrap this up because we got a lot of matchups that we have to get into for this Colts-Texans game, the first game of the season. Before we get to that, though, Corey, I think you got I do, fun. guys. Let me tell you all about the latest party to hit the Houston scene. Custom geek parties. Everything from corporate team-building exercises, geek-themed weddings, RPG parties, board game parties, cosplay parties, and more. Call Gamers Inner Circles Geek Party at 281-746-4260. Gamers Inner Circle Geek Party at 281-746-4260. Gamers Inner Circle. Are you in yet? All right, we have the first game of the season right around the corner for the Houston Texans. They are, of course, at home taking on the Indianapolis Colts. I know that we are all excited about this game. We all have a few matchups that we are going to key in on. I'm just going to send it around the horn and take a look at a couple of the things headed into this game that we are looking at. One of the big things for me on my list headed into this game, Pittman of the Colts versus this secondary and the Texans and they're a young secondary you have you're starting a rookie safety starting a rookie cornerback I know that we have heard that Stingley is healthy he is ready to go he is at full go I'm not sure Pittman is a really big physical receiver and I know that Corey's going to get on me about having any faith in this Colts offense this Colts passing attack or Matt Ryan but Pittman there's a lot of expectations whether you're looking at fantasy whether you're looking at gambling on his stats or you're just a Colts fan there's a lot of expectations for him to take the next step and be one of those main primary receivers one of those threats in the NFL I don't know if you want to put that big physical receiver I don't know if you want to line up your rookie corner across from him I'm kind of expecting some bracket coverage maybe or something like that the problem is is that you have a uh, Paris Campbell who is kind of their, it seems like he's going to be their go-to guy as far as a, a deep threat is concerned. His average depth uh, per reception, or per target, excuse me, was hovering right around 17 yards last year. And obviously the roster's a little different this year, and so I think that he'll probably get more looks. He'll probably get more, uh, more go this year. And so you might see that even extend. So... The, if you're going man-to-man -man on him, I don't know if that's going to work out as well. So you might go with a too-high look. Uh, but I think you're still going to want to fade that over to to Pittman's side. I think the big thing is is that you don't want to ruin the confidence of your corner uh, in your first game. Or you don't want to put him – you don't want to hang him out to dry. So I don't know if Stingley Jr. should go on Pittman. I think you want to have him on the second-best receiver roll the, the coverage towards Pittman and then hope that they don't do a lot of exotic stuff to get your, your rookie safety to kind of bite down and play down into the box and try and cheat down. Because I think that's the big thing is that I think there's probably going to be a lot of window dressing on some of this stuff to get those safeties, especially your rookie, to come down into the box and then get more man-to-man -man looks. What do you guys think? I, are you worried about Pittman? I feel like maybe I'm a little too worried about Um, it. Yeah, I think you are a little too worried. I think – Here's the reality: when you take a, if you take anybody top five in the in the NFL draft, they're expected to go out there and be the man. They're expected to go out there and perform. 
so or even top ten. I, I just I don't you don't you don't draft this corner and then say hey we're gonna protect you. Um, so no, you put him out there. And physical actually kind of goes in his favor a little bit. He's he's a bigger guy, but also college football you can be a little bit more physical with the receivers than you can a lot of times on the pros. So I don't know that being physical hurts him that much. Uh, I don't I don't think it's necessarily. I don't think the passing game of the Colts is what we what we need to be, like as worried about. Like if if our if in a, if in the nickel, our five secondary guys just all kind of do their job, I think we're okay. I think the bigger threat is if they line up three wide, and you probably are ready to pivot to this. Is their running game? Yeah, I mean that was definitely one of the things on the list is. You know, how how do they find an answer to that rushing attack? I mean, you look at some of the stats from last year. The Texans were second to last as far as one of the worst teams, not only in rushing yards against, but also rushing touchdowns scored against the Texans. The only team worst, the only team who allowed more rushing touchdowns was the Jets last year. Uh, the only team that allowed more rushing yards against them was the Steelers last year. So this this front, basically a sieve as far as <laughs> stopping the opponents from running the ball. That front seven was a, a colander. I was not expecting the sieve. <laughs> I'm just... Hey, I'm a Minnesota boy. You're going to get some hockey stuff in here. No, I, listen, while. it's an accurate description. I mean, we, we held them as well as sand runs through the hand. I mean, <sighs> rushing defense last year was about as much of a priority as winning seems to have been last year. Uh, so I'm going to say it's not high on the list. Um, but I do think this is a new year. I think Lovey Smith expects accountability i think he's done a good job of setting a tone for the defense in the preseason that last year doesn't matter and that these guys are here this year because they're expected to compete this year um i expect to see a big improvement in the running game because they made a lot of a focus on the on the defense they said we're gonna get better defensively um so this will be telling if it translates into Listen, uh, full disclosure, Jonathan Taylor was the first dude I took in my fantasy draft. I got I had the number one overall pick. I didn't even think twice about it. Best running back in the league this year, probably. Um, that doesn't change the fact that I still think the Texans are going to they're going to go out there and they're going to want to compete and they're going to want to hold him back. They're going to want to contain it. Um, Matt Ryan's going to have to punish him for you know, it, and I don't know that he can. You know, the <laughs> this is just funny because it shows how bad Carson Wentz was last year. But last year, their stats, Colts, with when they were looking at first and ten, they ran four hundred and twenty-five, four hundred and twenty-five rushing plays on first and ten, and they averaged six point zero six yards. Six yards, they the average. They're lining up, and the, all the all the statistics say you should pass on first down. Oh no, I don't. No, no. They were no. doing. 
you don't pass on first down when you have Jonathan Taylor. Though. That's the thing. The, especially if you're averaging six yards a carry. Because really what that means is you never get to third down. You should just... If I have a running back averaging six yards a carry, I, I may never have my quarterback throw the ball. Why would I? Whatever, whatever way you want to look at it, this is bad for the Texas defense because they're going to line it up and they're going to go. They're going to be able to go right to this. They're comfortable going right to this whenever they want in a yeah. drive and starting drives with this. And I don't think there's very much that the Texans will be able to do about this running attack. And and that's the thing too is that if you're loading the box up well then all of a sudden now you're doing some play action stuff and you've got uh guys going across the middle i mean you've got big receivers you got guys uh big tight end like moelle cox who can go across the middle just drag across the middle uh you could run some screen stuff with Hines. i mean like it starts getting pretty dangerous when you're having to really overcompensate for a, an extreme weakness and that's that's what the run defense is at least if you're looking at stats from last year going Oh, for sure, year. but I don't know that I even would blame the Texans for that part because Jonathan Taylor averaging six yards means he was doing it against everybody. Uh, that just, you know, he is he is just a really good running back. Um, I, I do think, you know, listen, he's probably going to finish with 100, 120 yards against us. Probably a touchdown. Um, but it's going to be when does he get it and when do we stop him in the fourth quarter if we're getting stops or if we're in the lead and we don't care and they want to keep running it um you know then those are those are both options that i'm okay with uh we'll have to see i do are we ready to do picks here because I, I i feel like i i know what i want to say about winning or losing with this game <laughs> just uh one other thing that I was one other thing that I wanted to talk about is the passing attack for the Colts because, or excuse me, not the Colts, the Texans against that Colts secondary, just because, you know, going through the Colts defense, I forgot some of the dudes that they have on the, on the defensive side of things. Uh, And that secondary is, it's going to be really good. They have a deep secondary. They have uh, a veteran-laden secondary. I mean, you look at some of these guys, and they, they're adding Stephon Gilmore at corner. Uh, you think about how good Julian Blackman was at safety. Uh, you have some depth. I mean, Kenny Moore the second with, at nickel. There's some guys. There's some dudes in that secondary. And then you look at their... Uh, you've got Bobby, Shaquille Leonard. You've got at, at linebackers there, Fr- Franklin. And then in the front, you've got Yannick Ngakwe. You've got DeForest Buckner. So they've got guys at every level. But specifically in the secondary, they have some real vets and some real studs in that secondary. So do you think that they are going to be able to scheme guys open? And I talked about this a little uh, last time we were on, or excuse me, talked about this a little bit all the way on Monday. But do you think they're going to be able to scheme guys open and scheme some of those easy routes? Or is this going to be a real struggle to, to find receivers? Um, no, I think that's a fair question. I don't know. So this is, this is really, for Nico Collins, this is a year to determine if he's an NFL wide receiver or not, right? Like that's kind of what we're, 
it's kind of what we're asking. Because Brandon Cooks for sure is an NFL wide receiver, but if he's alone out there, it doesn't matter. They can cover they have enough guys that they can cover any one receiver. It's about what everyone else is gonna do. So, you know, anytime any sort of defense it's built in such a way that if there's one guy who's so great that he can he can go one on ones then everyone else or he requires double teams then everyone else gets one on ones because that's where the advantage comes from and that works on offense too if they're going to double Brandon Cooks then that means Nico Collins is going to be getting some one on one opportunities uh now these tight ends I think are are a bigger weakness like I don't we're <laughs> we've so many banged up tight ends already and everyone's excited that OJ Howard signed um someone's got to catch it over the middle you know and if that's going to be the slot receiver fine if it's going to be the tight ends they have to survive a whole game so like we have to wait and see what's going to happen there um hopefully what's going to happen is we're going to be a play action offense here right like Damian Damian Pierce is going to is going to be averaging four and a half five and a half for us and therefore, the linebackers have to respect the run, which gives the corners a little bit more pressure. And then maybe Nico Collins can beat his one-on-one, and that's where the opportunities are going to be. Um, it is tough to judge well, that, it, though. Like, Brevin Jordan, I think this is one of those games where you want him to step up, you know, and, and kind of show that he's going to be a, a red zone threat, something like that. Or like, it, well, you want that for the whole I, this whole I season. This before, I mean, this, but... these guys, we're looking for people this this year, which isn't probably a playoff year for us. What we're looking for are the guys who are going to step up. Exactly, or or you're looking for some creativity out of the coaching staff too, stuff that's going to naturally. Because again, I, I mentioned there's studs all over this Colts depth chart on defense, and so the pass rush is going to be a problem and a factor in this passing game too. So I think you want stuff where you've got like bunch formation stuff. So guys are opening up pretty quickly just based on getting them off the line and getting them away from press coverage and things like that. You want uh, maybe some screen stuff or, or some crossing route stuff, just stuff that's going to get guys open quickly and make some easy reads and easy throws for mills. Because if he's got, if he's got DeForest Buckner breathing down his throat the entire game, I mean, it's really not going to matter what you're doing against the corner. No, and that, that's very true. Um, we're, we need – the offensive line has to do their job. We need the running game to give us space, to give us breathing room. Um, you know, that was – you know, watching this Thursday night game, that was the Rams' biggest problem is Matthew Stafford never really had breathing room in the pocket, and it was because – they didn't care if he tried to run it. <laughs> they, the, the Rams hadn't done a good job of building a run game, and the, the the Bills weren't afraid of their running backs, and they were just perpetually chasing after Matt Stafford because of it. Um, so no, you definitely you definitely yeah. hope for some offensive uh, balance, but also you hope that the offensive line holds up. All right, let's get to some picks here. Let's let's go over some of the the lines, make some picks. But first, Corey, you got one more. I thing do, to I do. I want to tell you guys about the Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More Adventure Stadium, right there at five twenty five Woodland Square Boulevard, Suite one thirty. The stadium is actually their sports memorabilia, sports card uh, st- uh, store. It's on the second floor. It is above the original Adventure Begins. It's awesome. The Adventure Begins is clean. Clean, well-lit, family-friendly. They have a great, knowledgeable staff. 
Uh, you sign up for their points thing. You get discounts for the money you spend there. It's a great place. Nico and I do all of our nerd shopping there. And you guys should too, but most importantly, check out the Adventure Stadium for your sports memorabilia and your sports cards. Okay, so looking at this game uh, from the, the sports gambling perspective, Houston is a seven point, and this is according to Odd Sharks. Houston is a seven point home dog, and the over under is sitting right at 46 points. So, with that in mind, Houston being a, an underdog by an entire touchdown. Guys, what do you think what do you think is the outcome for this game? I'm looking for not only a winner, I, I'm going to need some score predictions as well, I think. So, a little bit of insider knowledge about about sports gambling. They view home field advantage in the NFL as a field goal. So, when two teams are stri- Actually, they they used to. The last couple of years it's been more like well, they're doing the two and a half now. thing because they're tired of pushing. That's all that is. But if you're if two teams are even, you'll see them give the home team two and a half points. Uh, and so, like when you know when when the Raiders play uh, Chicago, you'll if it's in Vegas, you'll see the Raiders are minus two and a half. Um, and they're basically saying these guys are equal. We don't know who who's going to win, but being at home means they're probably going to win. And it's because away teams don't win a lot. Um, I always respect the home dog. Seven points is really they're saying nine and a half or ten points is what they're really saying. Um, I, I, I would take the points in the Texans. Um, also because this is this is a this is a score that's dying to be teased. Oh yeah, for sure. If if you're somebody who really yeah, if you were doing gambling, yeah, this is one that's dying to be. Teased. You you would you would move it to eight or nine, and then you would definitely take the Texans. Um, but what I think is important, this affects it. I mean, it really does because the Rams won, or because the Rams lost to Buffalo. Buffalo was the road team. You don't see a ton of in the NFL. Road teams don't win a bunch of games every week. So because one road team already won this week, it, in my mind, further strengthens betting on the Texans. I don't hate the seven points. The problem is, is this game could be really quick if it's a – a slug running it out yeah. game. This game could go real quick. Absolutely. I uh, I think your I think your bet I think your bet is if if you can do a, a same game tease and tease up the Texans number or, and and tease down the over under. I think that's probably the move. I uh, I'm not sure I, I would I don't know if I'm even confident enough to take the 7. Would I you- I think this Colts team is going to be okay. good, man. I think this Colts team could be so good. So you're going to give the Colts team seven points? I think if I'm touching this line, I think I throw it with another team in a, a little a little tease. I think I, I, I bump this line up to ten. Ooh. And then you take the Texans. And I go I, – I think you throw – and you got a couple of – I think you've got like ten – home dogs going into the game before uh the the rams kicked off i think you had 10 home dogs so i mean i would i would grab them 
with three points, four points on a tease and throw them in with a team like the Vikings, who are another home dog. And then I, I, I think you got yourself something something cooking there. But I don't know if I'm just I'm confident enough to just take it by the, the seven. Because this game could get ugly pretty quick if Jonathan Taylor is just running all over the place. And all of a sudden you're looking at the time of possession and it's the time of possession is crazy lopsided, like 18 to 6 or something like that as far as minutes. And uh, Jonathan Taylor is 100 yards by the half, and, and it's all already sort of messy. That can, It can get out of hand really quickly, especially for a young team that's uh, really trying to, to find its way early on the season with the first game. And we already said how sloppy that first game between two teams that you expect to be in the playoffs was I expect this team, this game to be pretty sloppy as well. So if I'm taking if I'm taking points in this game, I would probably try and throw this in with a tease and find a couple other teams that you like. Uh, if we're going score prediction, if we're going score prediction, I think this is probably a Colts win. I probably go. I probably go twenty eight seventeen. Is probably where I end up at 28, that 28 27 range for the Colts, 17 to 20 points for the Texans. Again, I think there's going to be a lot of running the ball in this so one. What, what does that put you right at? What does that put Colts, you right at for the over under? For the over under, that would put me under. Put you under? What did you say? What, 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 say it was 46? Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so that would be under. I do think the under hits. I don't think it goes over. Uh, the only way it goes over, both teams are just going back and forth and back and forth. And that's not really the style of play of either one of these teams. So that would be some... – And again, I think – I don't think they're going to try and go out there and sling it all over the place. I mean, I think you probably try and get the run game established and get Matt Ryan comfortable if you're the Colts right away. Um, and, and so I think they're going to run – have a heavy dose of Taylor in that first half – and if you're the Texans, I think there's part of you that doesn't want to overextend yourself against a good defense. And so I think you're probably getting a pretty good dose of, of Pierce on the other side of things too. And like I said, I think this game probably goes pretty quick because I think both these teams are probably going to look to run the ball, at least in that first half, pretty often. Um, I, I suspect you're right. I would be intrigued to see – Houston come out and throw it like aggressively. That would be really interesting to see. I know they think Damian Pierce is probably their best offensive weapon, so I, I doubt that that's what they're going to do. But if they if they came out kind of slinging it around a little bit, I I would be. Listen, this year there's a couple things this year is about, and one of those big things is finding out if if, if Davis Mills is the guy. So there's no better way to do that than to go out and face a, a division rival an important opener and say, Hey man, like we're going to keep it close. And then it's up to you if we're going to win or lose. So I, 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 if they kind of quote unquote hung him out to dry by like, Hey, go out and throw 25, 30 times. I would be intrigued. I mean, I can definitely see that happening too. If like, if the running game in that first quarter is looking pretty nice they might go to some play action stuff and try and open things yeah. up I, again i don't know i i suspect there's going to be a fair amount of sloppiness across the board in this first week 
And when you're already dealing with a questionable offensive line, I don't know exactly how much confidence you have in developing all sorts of, of deep routes. No, you know? and I, I agree. Have they said whether or not Green is going to play for the Texans this, this week? I did not see a report. I haven't either. Him. That doesn't mean it wasn't out I there. haven't either. I haven't noticed anyone. But then also I was like off the top of my head, I don't remember if maybe they injury reserved him or anything or puffed him. I'm on the I'm on ESPN right now. I'm trying to I'm trying to catch the active roster here, um, because that's you know that's going to be another thing. Like if if we are for the first time putting out quote unquote every you know the starters because Green's supposed to be the starting right guard or left guard right like let's let's put it out there and see they've got them listed as active. Yeah, it's looking like. I'm on their depth chart right now, and it's looking like he is in the lineup. So, I mean, if again, e- even if you have rotate full rotation of guys, I just think with some of that crunch down practice time for offensive line and stuff like that, it just it takes a couple more weeks of the season to get that cohesion. No, it definitely it definitely and does, so, but. You know, this is supposed to be the lineup, so uh oh Yeah, so I mean I, I think the, they'll probably figure it out. It's just I I expect some sloppiness, which I don't think lends itself to slinging it all over the field. Yeah, no, maybe not. Gosh, man. So I <laughs> I've got the depth chart pulled up from ESPN. Okay. How many defensive players do you think the Texans have listed on IR right now? Ooh, this is a good question. Defensive players on IR. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with four. That is correct, but it was just they're all, they're all in like the backfield, so and many. it's so so. It's Derek Rivers, the right defensive end, but then it's they got Christian Harris listed. I guess he just never got over whatever it was that was bothering him, and he's the. Um, He's the Sam linebacker, fourth string at this point because he's injured. So he's on IR. But then mm-hmm. the third and fourth string left cornerbacks are also listed on IR. So, cool. Oh boy. <laughs> it's thin, man. It is thin. <laughs> and, I, and I do think that's going to be an issue throughout the season. I mean, that's what we kind of said coming into it is there's no, there's no help as these guys get banged up through the season. Um, the worst thing that could happen for the Texans in any one game is to see like three of these guys go down. Like that would be that would be cr- oh, that would be, be crippling because they would literally be bringing in an entirely new secondary that week off of just waivers. Like, who can we bring in for workouts this week? Because that would they would basically be building the defense on the fly from that point on. Um, but Corey. Nico, I'm going to need some score predictions from both of <sighs> I was trying to avoid this. Um, I think so – so the Colts have lost eight openers in a row. The Texans have won three openers in a row. The Texans were undefeated coming out of this preseason. The Texans have done everything they're quote-unquote supposed to do this offseason as far as clearing the deck, bringing in new talent, bringing in young people, getting good surprises like Damian Pierce. Uh 
Davis Mills looked good the last several games of the season last year. That's part of the Davis Mills question mark is he looked like a professional at the end of the season. Um, I'm going to say that the Texans win a close one like 17-14. Okay. It's going to be a rock. Yeah, is what yeah absolutely. Estimating. 17-14 Texans. All right. I... Muck it up a little bit. That only helps them. Nico, what do you think? Uh, this is either going to go one of two ways. Either no one scores or there's going to be a million points on the board. <laughs> so, I mean, that maybe not. That would be not. funny if we talk for like 30 minutes about like running game and defense and the Colts secondary, and then it ends up and it's like a 38 Yeah, like it's like Chiefs, like, uh, uh, <laughs> like, like, I don't know, like the old school Rams teams or whatever, where it was just a shootout. It's just, it's just a it's, so Corey's going low end, so I'll just I'll throw out my my crazy high number. I'm saying like thirty five Colts. Oh man, do I love one of us losing though? Maybe not that high. Uh, Nico's taking the points. <laughs> I'm I'm taking the points. <laughs> I don't want to say t- like thirty five twenty eight because that's too clean. Like. Cause it's not going to be pretty. Even then, that's a that's a push for Texans. We'll... Yeah, I'll just I'll leave it at that because I don't feel like changing my answer. <laughs> Thirty-five twenty-eight. Okay, lock it in, folks. Lock it in. We'll we'll have to track this to see who's who's, who's actually helping you. people make any money out there. <laughs> if anyone want... is misguided enough to to play with us, mine are going to be lead pick lead pipe locks, man. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. <laughs> uh we'll see we'll see well w- once the uh the proof is in the pudding then maybe we can we can start handing out locks i don't know well, this is, we'll call this friendly advice this yeah. is neighborly yeah advice. this is this is uh this is barbershop talk okay bet at your own free will exactly this is we are we are a couple blocks away from from locks we're just barbershop talk right now uh <laughs> Bottom line, though, football's back. Football's back, baby, and we've got a Texas game right around the corner. I'm so excited, man. Um, I do want to say before we get into the season, uh, Colton, I'm excited, man. This is going to be a great year for the Texans. I think it's going to be an even better year for us. Uh, This is a huge opportunity for us, and I'm excited to see what comes out of all this. Uh, And uh, I think it's going to be fun, and I'm glad we're doing it together. Like I didn't know you at all before we got started with this, so this has been – an interesting preseason, and uh, we'll turn into a well-oiled podcast machine. I'm excited, man. I'm excited as well. It's already been fun learning with you guys, and uh, to all the listeners out there, I appreciate you working as we kind of learn the ropes of this. This is a new gig for us, too, doing this for SB Nation, and so I appreciate you rolling with some of the punches, but we are doing everything we can to be uh, as crisp as possible for the season opener and speaking of that i'll be bringing you a podcast right away at the beginning of the week i'll be recording sunday night so that'll be up late sunday night and it'll be there in the the reserve in the hopper wherever you go to get your podcast it'll be there waiting for you monday morning we'll have a show but hey for right now everyone 
Have a fantastic weekend. Thank you so much for listening to another installment of Battle Red Radio. <laughs> <laughs>